What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Is that, we're going with that? I guess. We got oh. the name now, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, welcome back to Burnouts and Blastoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. The last <laughs> one was taken. Really could not get any of the Gmail shit set up. So. Yeah. No, 808s the, and uh, Blast Beats back on a Saturday afternoon, day after Christmas. Yeah. Pretty good. That was good. How was your holiday? Uh, pretty okay. Yeah. Uh, actually wasn't abysmal. Oh, so perfect. Yeah. Anything above me. abysmal is good. Enough for me. I uh, feel the need to ask no follow-up questions. The music podcast. Well, yes. If it was fine, yeah. that's all I care about. Yeah. Funny thing about this podcast is it's the first one in person. I know. Yeah. We're doing it relatively live. It, you know, happened to be back home for the holidays. So we'll see how this works out. Uh, thankfully, we were able to do this. But with any luck, uh, it will sound even worse. And we won't have to worry about trying to do this in the future. Yes. Yeah. So if this is terrible, then we know. All right. Um, Tell me. What have you listened to lately? Well, I've been listening to the album that you gave me, but I've also been – I made a uh, a playlist on Spotify. Uh, it's called Levy Hot Topic, and it's referring to Newport on the Levy here in Kentucky being like the, the pre-teen spot to go to for, uh, you know, teen angst and just hanging around. Uh, and there was a Hot Topic there, and so, you know, uh, it seems to be a fitting name for a, like a scene music uh, – playlist so a lot of like of mice and men attack attack uh asking alexandria stuff like that and so uh have a bunch of the that preteen angst scene music on there so i've been diving back into that yeah, this week interesting that you brought that up because i wasn't aware that you really had that much of a footing mm-hmm. in, in that kind of music so when i looked through it like there was a lot of stuff on there that i was i was surprised because it's shit that like i'm not even even i really wasn't that into at the time right. so um i had a buddy uh uh, who was a v- very much into that music, um, and so he would. We just were locker mates, and then we were after school friends, and then it eventually like developed into an actual like go do things friendship. Um, and he would take me, you know, either play like Breaking Benjamin and uh, and bring me the Horizon at the lockers, or we would go to the Hot Topic on the levee, you know, like the name suggests in the playlist, but. Uh, so he was a big influence there, but after I, he moved schools, it literally cut. Yeah. So we're not uh, with it. You were not nailed to the X enough yeah. to, to keep up with exactly what was happening. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't get them tattooed on me That'd as been a hilarious year old. Like if you had claimed Edge for like 12 yeah. months, yeah, <laughs> it's about on par for most people, I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it was weird. I have like this weird uh, window of maybe what would it be, 2000. 10 through 2012 blocked off, but anything before or after that, you know, just kind of, I got a very narrow sliver. Interesting. So, but that's what I've been listening to. Yeah. um, I've been listening to a a bunch of different stuff. Um, Listen to the album you gave me a ton. Mm. We'll get into that, but I went through the one that you gave me more than I have the other ones. Excuse me. I mean, as far as heavy stuff, I've just been kind of still going through, like, the top for 2020 type uh, playlists, revisiting a lot of stuff that Before I Turn album is still really, really good. And then uh, I did a a deep dive because it kind of popped into my brain, like some kind of weird repressed memory. I all of a sudden got the urge to listen to the entire discography for King 810. What's that? You don't understand how fucking crazy that is. We can have a conversation about that later, but they are... 
This band that kind of came out of nowhere in 2014, they were on a lot of festival circuits before they'd even released like a debut album. It seemed like they were kind of getting like the big label push and they played music that it honestly was really only a little bit more aggressive than like a five finger death punch. Mm. The very, I mean like just like the kind of delivery and the style was around that. It was a little bit heavier, but it, it was still enough that we're like, you know, like a lot of people online and blogs and stuff still labeled it as like tough guy music. Right. And all the lyrics were incredibly violent. But it came out of Flint, rock. Michigan. It was just talking about like their experience, Flint, Michigan, gang violence, all that kind of stuff. So they mm-hmm. were hated by a lot of people. And I kind of didn't look, really didn't follow them after that. You know, I kind of forgot about it until recently. And then I just got through all their stuff. And I had heard their first album at the time mm-hmm. it came out, but nothing else. And I've always held the opinion that that band, like them or, or dislike them or whatever you think about them, I, I, I think that they are significantly more complex and varied than what people give them credit for. Mm. So um, people are just like considering them like the Walmart version of Five Finger Death Punch, but you're saying they were a little bit more robust. Yeah, or like just like more like violent, sensational for the sake of it kind of mm. thing. Um, like one of their songs, the lead single for the album is called Kill Em All. It's just about gang shootings, and the mm. music video is just intercut clips of like closed circuit TV of gas stations getting shot up and stuff. Mm. For like four minutes so yikes they definitely like we're like kind of all about the image so i understand why people don't like them but i think even if you don't like them i think you owe it to yourself to like acknowledge that they are more varied than what people gave them credit for right like musically talented yeah or like, like they've okay. got songs on their albums that just sound like johnny cash oh really yeah huh. I actually we might do their second album on here at some point because i think okay. it's a very interesting would you say the name of the band was king 810 king 810 is 810 the flint michigan area code yeah yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, listen to that. Uh, and so I want to ask you, new music-wise, I just happened to see it on Genius when I pulled up, you know, the, the albums for this week. Playboy Cardi put out a new album, right? It's horrible from what I heard. Yeah. I just My Twitter was full of just people shitting on it. Yeah. First of all, let me let me preface by saying I am not a Playboy Cardi fan, really. Like, some of his stuff I can rock with, sure. Um, but he, he was not... Uh, he, it, it, me hearing that he was he was announcing a whole lot of red, uh, it's not as though I got excited for it. Um, and, and you know what? If you're Probably into, forgot it was going to come out until it came out. Was that probably forgot it was going to come out? Oh until yeah, it came out. Yeah, yeah. And, and like he like, so I get why people are into it. Um, if you're into that whole like, if you're an Uzi fan, uh, you're probably also a Playboy Cardi fan. It's that kind of choppy style, kind of ad-libbing, auto-tuned rapping that, like, I'm not into. People are into it. Um, And it's my understanding that even the people who are Playboy Cardi fans in general, I myself am not, even of of those people, they didn't really appreciate it as much. But uh, I I haven't – I've listened to a select few songs off of it. Um, The one – that got put on rap caviar I listened to and then I went in and listened to like two other the one one that I listened to was the Kanye feature and then the Kid Cudi feature um but either way this week yeah yeah uh but either way I would not say that like if you listen to those songs you would get any sort of idea on what for example Kid Cudi's discography is like or Kanye well Kanye Kanye was just being Kanye but I don't know um so I, I feel like I'm not in a place to really like critique the album very much. It came out. I listened to it. wasn't for me. I heard that even some people that are fans said that album wasn't for them. So we'll see. 
Uh, we'll see how it uh, it goes over over the next coming weeks because it came out yesterday, I believe. Oh, Christmas that Day. Recently. Okay, yeah. It so. was either yesterday or Christmas Eve. I can't remember, but um, yeah. So. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. I don't know. I mean, but that just was the impression I got. I wasn't sure if you had heard it or not. But mm. You can kind of launch into it, man. You want to start yeah. with uh, want to start with low teens? Yeah, I think so. Um, you got so any thoughts on this thing? Because I could to I, review. I, I we had talk. low teens by Every Time I Die yeah. and uh, Man on the Moon. The first one uh, by Kid Cudi. So um, we'll dive into Every Time I Die's album, Low Teens. Uh, I did a little bit of research for this in the sense that, like, I feel like if you (laughs) – I went in blind, realized there was a lot of topical things that I didn't understand. So that led me to, like, looking into the album. And then looking into the album, it made me look into, like, them more. Um, And, you know, through a couple dives in Wikipedia and whatnot – Low teens, referring to they're from Buffalo, New York, and it would get very cold there. Um, So it's a band that's like very well respected and uh, loved out of Buffalo. Um, This album is about their lead singer's troubles through a certain time in his life, specifically health complications of his uh, expecting fiance and his uh, soon-to-be-born daughter. Uh, I believe that was like the whole point of the album. Um, I also read that they've had uh, a change of drummers twice at the time the album was recorded. So it came out in 2016, right? Yeah. Um, and so they had gotten rid of uh, their one drummer who was uh, a, some guy. I forget it's their first drummer. But then they had uh, a drummer named Legs or nicknamed Legs. And then they got a new drummer for this album. So this was like... For a lot of Every Time I Die fans, when this came out in 2016, it was the first they had heard this new drummer. Yeah, I'm trying to think if Legs left right before or right after. It, it would have been right before, according to the Wikipedia page. Because I know they just, just got a new drummer. Oh, so now now it'll be fourth. Like the last, yeah, they, they go through drummers a lot. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you did a lot of research. I yeah, you said all the shit I was going to say about it. Yeah, so. yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to get better about that because... Uh, I don't yeah, uh, because a lot of time, like a lot of times with uh, hip hop, it's about or you know rap, R and B, whatever. It's about one person, you know, Kid yeah. Cudi, uh, or like if I had you listen to an Eminem album, like just you know Marshall Mathers has a very robust history, but it's about him, you know. Bands, it's like it's a it's a conglomerate of people with all different stories and all different, you know, like this album was about the lead singer's family, right? But like. Then you have the the interesting dynamic of like the different band members, and so I just feel like with these hardcore or just hard like heavy music in general, there's a lot more to like learn about the backstories. Like you were just showing me a video before this of like uh, somebody performing a concert, like an impromptu concert, and then having their brothers yeah, up on stage. Yeah, it's the the Garris Trinity from LDB Fest 2020. It's a very well known clip. Right. So yeah, uh, yeah we we did the before anyone asks. We also did Map Change at the last Warp Tour ever. Mm-hmm. It, that, that's another that's another that, one of those ones I talked about where like there's those moments I want to be able to check off for you right we're burning through a lot of them recently yeah okay um, so to get into the music specifically um, I think Fear and Trembling first off uh, I don't know who Tim Singer is uh, but it was heavy right off the bat set the tone for the album because I'd never heard uh, Every Time I Die yeah so I didn't know like at all what type of music they made um, so it set the tone of like what their sound was going to be like. Um, so I like that. Um, didn't catch my attention again until two summers. Really like two summers. I thought that was a bit heavier. That, so you skipped over glitches and two summers. Yeah, and C plus plus. 
love. Will or sorry, be sorry, yeah, glitches in, in C plus plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can come out to we, we we can we can skip over those two for the most part. Um, I think glitches is kind of more consistently heavy than Fear and Trembling. Fear and mm. Trembling's got that really weird kind of discordant yeah. guitar intro thing going on. Mm. Glitches is faster right off the bat, uh, and then C plus plus is kind of the other side of Every Time I Die, that kind of rockier right shit that you can play in front of your dad, but in mm. a good way, you know. Um, and then I think Two Summers is, is also really, really solid. So what, we'll call you about Two Summers. Um, well, I just I just liked how it sounded. Like yeah. I like the heaviness, the the kind of like I don't, I don't know what you call it, but it's that it's that hardcore kind of dum 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 like quick succession of yeah, drums, like the beat or D yeah, beat or whatever they call yeah. it. Um, so I like that. Um, I have I so I did like I told you I did some research about this. I have a theory about the title of the song that I liked the next. The, ne- the next song on the album that caught my attention and I liked. Uh, I didn't want to join your stupid cult anyway. Yeah, such a good song. Here's my theory. and te- You could tell me I am totally wrong. Okay. I read that also after a trying time, this the lead singer who was writing this album nearly lost his wife who was expecting a baby and the daughter as well. And so... Um, he he says that you know this album is about that night. He the, there was a quote I read where he said I learned more in one night about what it's like to be alive than in the thirty years I'd been alive prior. Um, and so he also said because of that experience he quit drinking. Um, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't want to join your stupid cult anyway. I think in my interpretation is kind of directed at the sometimes cringy straight edge culture maybe. Um, I would point that more towards religion. Religion? Okay. I don't know. I, I interpreted I, the yeah. song as like him talking about his drinking habits and being an alcoholic yeah. and saying like, I didn't want to join your stupid AA cult yeah. anyway, or mm-hmm. stupid, uh, you know, sh- kind of in the straight edge community of like metal. Yeah. There's, you know, it's kind of like personality traits that come along with like the people that are straight edge yeah so uh, i think he's already drinking again like i don't think he really, really i don't think he really like quit for a problem I think he quit because of what happened with his daughter but i remember seeing an interview where he was talking about doing all of warp tour sober and he's like yeah I did the whole the whole warp tour sober and i will never do that again hmm. so i kind of interpreted it more as like in a situation with you know his fiance and newborn in a situation where a lot of people might go to religion or even you could point mm-hmm. with AA. I think that was kind of what I got from it, but that's really not one that I, I read into too heavily. Sure. Just because if, you, if, you, if you've seen the music video for that, it's really hard to read into because mm-hmm. it's just like a fucking PowerPoint slideshow of cursed images. <laughs> it's literally just like a meme compilation for the, for the music yeah. video. No, I so. didn't see the music video. But musically, that song kicks ass. Um, I mean... Sorry, go ahead. It should be like a dumb throwaway song, but... The fucking, like, the chanting that comes in about halfway through, and then they kind of start bringing elements back in. There's, like, more gang vocals. The back half of that song makes it... It elevates it from what should just be, like, a throwaway to just being, like, one of the more fun tracks on the album. Right. Um, next, we get to my favorite song on the album. It Remembers? It Remembers. Yeah. With Brendan Urie yeah, from Counterparts. One. Right? No, Brendan Urie from... <laughs> Your face right now. <laughs> I caught Mason sipping water when I said that. No, Brennan Yuri is from Panic of the Disco. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, who's 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 the counterpart singer? Brendan Murphy. Bre- Brendan Murphy, yeah. not Brendan Yuri. Yeah. Um, but no. First of all, it remembers very Southern fried. Yeah, and it has this like swing to it. It has this like interesting. The maybe swing's line. not the it's right. The baseline. 
What's that? Uh, yeah, but it's like kind of like funky, yeah. you know, and kind of like it, it makes me kind of rock in my chair like I'm doing right now. Like it's uh, instead of like doing one of these numbers, it was it was it was definitely uh, a more more of a groove to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I just uh, th- that was my favorite sounding song on the album. Um, so so that that is con- my other favorite one is the next song after that, which is Pedal. Pedal is referring to, he said in an interview I read, it, he channeled the moment he got the call that he needed to go to the hospital was Pedal. And it's like, n- you know, not knowing what's going to happen next, if you lose everything, if it's even worth being alive. All these things that you're like panicking about in the car as you are putting the pedal to the floor trying to get to a place uh, – that is, I thought it was the best um, holistic song with a message, with the sound, with a like invoking a feeling that's you know relevant to a lot of people. Um, that was that was definitely my favorite themed song on the yeah, album. Yeah, there's a lot of really good lyrics on that one. Uh, I can't stay here knowing love is not enough. It gets chanted a lot. And of course, the outro, untimely ripped into this world. I was born again as a girl. Didn't realize until now, looking at it on Genius, that that first line, "Untimely ripped into this world," is actually a Macbeth reference. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Macbeth, like the play. Macbeth. Yeah, everyone got that. I think immediately. <laughs> Not a lot of other Macbeths, but yeah, I mean, Keith has a very interesting lyric style. It's kind of one of the things that the band is known for. Um, I don't know if this came up in your research at all, but he's actually an author. I think he's put out two books as of now. Real? Yeah, no, I did see something about it. I have no idea what the books are about. Are no about. fucking idea. Okay. Myself. I did see he no wrote clue. an out, or wrote a, a book. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, pedal catch you just thematically or, or musically as well? It, musically, it was good. I like the sound of It Remembers better. Yeah. I mean, this album's but, very chaotic. Uh, you kind of asked for something that was... You said hardcore, but you kind of clarified that you wanted something a little bit more on that like old school mm-hmm. kind of early two thousands thing. And I, think I definitely think you hit you hit it on the head with the, the sound yeah. of what I was looking for. It was the the kind of like you said skank beat, like the yeah. Like hesitant to get into drum terms, but yeah, it's yeah. got more of that that faster, more chaotic drum beat to an unseasoned ear. Yeah, very who punky, doesn't know the much nuance. more punky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I really like that. Uh, I don't like that Genius has an ad for MGK next to this album, especially because of the thing you were telling me about before. Ooh, change your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking... uh, he, he's, he's a funny guy. Um, uh, next, I would say, I like Religion of Speed. Is like Dude, you're going to skip over Coin Has a Say. Oh, uh, okay. No, I'm not going to skip Coin over. Has a Say is so fucking good. Coin Has a Say. Tell me about Coin Has a Say. Dude, it just fucking rules. I think that was a lead... It, I don't know if it was a lead single or not, but it was one of the singles off the album. It just is so fucking good. It just has so much forward momentum. Mm-hmm. It's got so many good, like, one-liners in it. It's just, like, I mean, like... And it's got the fucking No Country for Old Men reference in the title. It's just so... So much that culminates into making this, like, just so... Fun and heavy, and just like I said, just kinetic. It just marches forward. I think that this is like this is every time I die at their best, and this also kind of highlights. There's this unique quality to every time I die, where they're very heavy. Metalcore people love them, you know. Hardcore people like them or love them, you know. I'm trying to get into that, but like people who are about this music really like every time I die. But songs like this highlight where like 
you can just play every time I die for anyone who used to be into rock or metal, mm-hmm. and there's just like a quality about them that I think a lot of people can just like, even if they don't like this music. Like mm-hmm. I can play this kind of stuff for my dad, who is in no way into this more recent kind of metalcore music, but because he used to be into heavy music and used to be into thrash and everything. Like, he just likes this band just because mm. they just rock. You know, mm. like, to him, they just have, like, a timbre that he likes. And yeah, I just think, like, the, the yeah, like, just the overall timbre and tone and, like, color of the music that is is highlighted, especially on this song, but just through everything this band fucking touches. Do you think he was talking about his wife in this song? Because I, I see a, a line here, a new goddess emerged from the mist and took the blade from my wrist. I love, love that fucking line. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's one of those lines that makes me think of how sometimes singers, a common theme is like being with a, a partner and having them save you from a certain, like we were talking about on the Counterparts album, having, what was the uh, the arrow line from the Counterparts album where it was... Uh, pull, or, pull the nameless arrow from my chest. Yes. Yeah. Um, kind of how, you know, if if you had to put your set, yourself in the mindset of this guy, he doesn't know if he's going to have his wife be with him again he doesn't know if he's it's going to be his wife and his child neither or just the child one of the songs is bound to be about his wife um or fiance or whoever girlfriend at the time um and so thinking about you know this this new goddess coming out of nowhere and and removing sorrow from himself um yeah i I like that theme it could be that or it could be his daughter um, yeah it's it's kind of just because i think i think new goddess like his wife had kind of been in the picture for a while okay yeah um, so, it, but yeah. it's, it's kind of a common theme that, that I relate to in a way. So yeah. I always, I can rock with that. So the count, the, you know, counterparts talked about it. They touch on it here. Yeah. The last four lines of the song always hit me. They're always just so fucking good. The, mm. I can't go back to what I was Metallica without the drugs, a mm. faith healer without the plant. There's no home for a hollow man. It, so so fuck, dude. Keith Buckley. it doesn't surprise me. What did you say his name is? Keith Buckley. Keith Buckley. It doesn't surprise me that he's an author because like that's some quality, like like robust lyrics. Yeah. You know, that like aren't just like, I don't know, bullshit to fill a sound. Yeah, they're not. Uh... I, I think I could read, like I could seriously read this song outright just. Yeah, monotone. Well, maybe not monotone, but like read it in prose and like performatively read it as a poem, and it would still be good. Oh yeah, even without the the heavy, you know, uh, hardcore music or punk music behind it. Yeah, song so. ass, right? And then it goes, it goes. Which have you seen? No country for old men. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the scene. Seen the, all right, fucking good enough. But it goes right into religion of speed, which I think has the best chorus on the album. Yeah. Oh, uh, my, my God. comment it comes, comes back at the end. And it's yeah. not the chorus anymore. It's like no, it's no longer sung. It's screamed. Jesus Christ! The uh, the thing I liked about this song was uh, I some when you assign me albums, I think about you know the three common things that what my favorite sound was, what I thought was the best song either thematically or uh, like um, like objectively, and then which one I think would be most fun at a concert, and yeah. I think Religion of Speed is the one that would be most fun at a concert um which have you seen every time i die yeah i've seen it a couple times i don't think they've ever played it really <laughs> yeah damn yeah okay. the most fun is coin dude oh coin, really coin kicks ass or they got a song on their last album called decaying with the boys decaying with the boys yeah that sounds like that song kicks ass too <laughs> sounds like when you like get too fucked up with your boys and you're just like all sitting on a couch at the end of the night 
Yeah. You're just decaying with the boys. Yeah. You pass the rig around one too many times. You're yeah. going to take a cush nap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, we, can somebody make pizza rolls? Exactly. No, Religion of Speed's fucking sick. This this is, uh, I think, definitely like the the catchiest that the album gets, and it's, it's just so good. Mm. And then I don't know about you, but Just As Real in 1977 are good. Mm. But every time I listen to this album... I get the religion of speed, mm. and it's they're just obstacles in between me and Map Change. Map Change is fire. Amazing song. I, I said to you earlier today, before we did the podcast, that Map Change occupies permanent space in my head. Yeah, that's the, that's the only, my only response to you saying religion of speed has the catchiest chorus is Map Change. Like him, you said, what's his name? Kenneth Buckley? Kenny Buckley? <laughs> Ke- hey, yo, Kenny B. What's his name? Kenny Beats. Kenny... Kenny Beats. Yes. Whoa, Kenny. What's his name? Keith, Buckley. Keith Buckley. Keith Buckley. I was close. It was a K name. <laughs> Keith know. Buckley singing on this, right? Yeah. He surprised me with his ability to sing. Like, first of all, he can write great lyrics. Second of all, he's a fucking beast at making heavy music. And yeah. then he can also sing, which I thought, um, I, I, I read a bit of, of fans of Every Time I Die saying that, uh, Map change is some of the best vocals that of every time I die's discography. Dude, it's fucking wild. Like the music video for it's amazing. Mm. Like, you you had me watch that before we started this podcast. The video so. of them playing it at Warp Tour is amazing. There's so many good lines in this thing. Fuck me. What do you think it's about? What do you think the song is about? I don't even know. I don't even know if I can fucking handle it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like. I don't know, man. It's just like melancholy and reflective and it feels like you're dying. And I don't really know if it's trying to make you feel like everything's okay or not, but it's just like you couple that with the fact that it's like put over these shots of Buffalo or the town it's from in the music video. And you just have, I don't know. It, it just to Pittsburgh me, it, Steelers going down. Oh yeah. That's or no, uh, <laughs> if, it's, it's Dallas. Yeah. If you haven't seen the clip of every time I die playing it, uh, Tid the season in 2019, day two, on the Hate Five Six YouTube channel. The, just watch the intro. It, it, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> I don't know. But did you have any any strong thoughts on what you thought Map Change was about? I haven't really dove into this album metaphorically that yeah. much. No, I I, I kind of I like to do it a little bit, but I think by that time, I was just. I was done looking into songs and more of just like how they sound and map change sounds awesome. Like I think I think map change, map change and it remembers are going to be the two that I pool to put on the playlist. Yeah. Does that mean, you know what I mean? That I I, I actively want to listen to again. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, kick ass album. Uh, you know, it's funny before I listened to this album, I listened to their new singles and I didn't know that I had until I went to go look up the album, and I was yeah. like, oh, that weird, like, that weird, like, <laughs> whatever you call that. movie theater yeah. exploding orb album cover. Yes, like, like it reminded me of, like, laser tag yeah. in, like, a, in a business park in Florence, like, Kentucky. Yeah, like, <laughs> any place with that weird, dense carpet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, photo active, like, UV active. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but for sure. Um, <laughs> do, do you have any any thoughts on the, the new singles? If you've heard them recently, or uh, yeah, uh, I thought they were great. Hold on, let me okay, let me yes. pull them up. <laughs> um, I thought they were both good. I liked one more, uh, one more than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, one second. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, the ones we're talking about is A Colossal Wreck and Desperate Pleasures. Yeah, I liked Col- A Colossal sinister. Wreck yeah, better yeah, than Wreck, Desperate Pleasures. But um, yeah, so uh, it made me go because I, I remember I like that. Um, like I liked those singles before I even like because I think they came up through a playlist. I was listening to like a um, like a hardcore workout playlist. They were on like every fucking spot. Yeah. And so I I saw that, saw like, Oh, that's a trippy album cover, but I didn't pay attention to the fact that it was every time I die. Um, and so then when I went to go look them up, I was like, Oh shit, really? Okay. Um, something you can, if you remember to look at it after this, like none of their album covers look the same. Yeah. They're all really wild and different. Right. Like the (laughs) one for uh, new junk aesthetic is one that people point to a lot. as just being like really crazy and iconic. Yeah, that this one looks crazy. New junk aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. And you contrast uh, that to like X Lives, which is just a photo, right? Yeah, and then last night in town is just like a guy. Yeah, you know, hot uh, damn, just being like a, the hand on the the low teens is just like two low low teens could be in every time I die cover or like a Sean Mendez cover. Yeah, well, actually, got ripped off. Who ripped off the fucking album cover? Hold on. Someone made a very similar album cover, and people were, yeah, Foster the People. Really? Yeah, Foster the People put out an album that like people were like, oh, I don't know, it seems whoa, it seems kind of close. That's wild, dude. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, dude, I was kind of skeptical at first when you said that, like, if it would be like that similar, because sometimes people people do that, you know. Because it's much of colors, so it's pretty easy if it's just pink, right? Yeah, you know, but. Like, that it's is like drippy in the same way. That's nuts. And like the the placement of the title relative. Dude, it looks like, like the font was even the same. And that like it's also like a a serif font right. for the title at the bottom. Yeah, it's, eh, I don't know. That's wild. But, so closing thoughts: like the album, anything you didn't like about it musically, moving forward for for recommendation stuff, other than all of it apparently. Uh, <laughs> bastard. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I liked most of it. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing like you did something wrong? Because <laughs> I just farted so bad. It smells so bad over here and I'm just waiting. I'm a professional. I will power through. This is, this is our first time recording in person. Just don't sit up. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll cut that out. Uh, keep it for the blooper reel. Um, <laughs> no, there was not much I disliked about it. I liked, uh, similar to what you were saying about what your dad likes, the timbre of like the punk, yeah. uh, you know, kind of real speedy beats progression. Um, like that in general for music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the themes in it like reading about the it was written about a situation in a guy's life um and was kind of like a cathartic uh remembrance of pain uh like that whole theme and then also you know has some relevant figures like brendan yuri from counterparts like we were saying before Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> dude not only like the thing is i say that to make you pissed off about like me mistaking somebody for counterparts yeah but the funny thing is, is like, it is way more egregious to Panic of the Disco fans. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like to say that Brendan Urie is, oh, that guy from Counterparts is like, I would get murdered on Tumblr. Yeah, you know, all the the K-pop stands that that tweet who underneath everyone's tweets would yeah. come out in full force. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it has some like some topical people from from music that I like to see featured on it changed. Um, uh, map change and it was just like an amazing sounding song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just I, I like the oh, whole album. I thought it was kick ass. Um, it's it's hard because I I want to come to an like I want to be able to sit down and talk to you about an album and be like yo this album was dog shit and you'd be like no it wasn't yeah you know and then we're like and then you're like what what, what do you mean like are you just forgetting the fact but no, I can't. Discord man we haven't run out of bangers yet we're too early in right like most of the time we'll you're get just to, we'll get to dog shit here if we keep doing this long enough right I I want dude I would enjoy nothing more than like a a, a album that you hold in personal favor that I think is dog shit. And also you listen to an album that I hold in personal favor. And you're like, that was the worst thing I've ever heard. We'll just do uh upon a burning body for me. And, and like Eminem's Kamikaze. Who's the dude who walked a bunch? What? Oh, Mike Posner. Yeah. We'll do a Mike Posner album and I'll blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> Thinking about horses. Painting the fucking walls. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to let's get a little bit more trippy. We can get into Cuddy, man. Let's fucking get into it. You got anything you want to say, or, or am I taking it from the? Let's see here. First and foremost, it is the beginning of a trilogy of albums. Yeah. Granted, First of all, I don't know if there's any feedback, but just funny side note. I have an opera singer that lives below me. Dude, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like a TV somewhere. No, it's it's straight up an Dude, opera that singer. Is <laughs> yeah, no, and she sings all the time. See if you can see if you can pick that up. I might have to boost that, but I think I got it. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Um Yeah, so um, Kid Cudi at this time, when people listened to this for the first time, obviously they didn't know it was going to be three albums. Um, but Man on the Moon was just like the thing that jettisoned Kid Cudi to instant stardom. I wanted to ask about that. How famous was he going into this? Because you've still got like nearly Kanye on this album. Right. Did Kanye West uh, ludicrous Justin Bieber this album? Uh, dude, I don't know the history of it that much. Um, to be honest. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it has Wale on it. I think he, uh, got Wale I, on it. What song? Uh, oh, am I looking at the deluxe version again? Probably. Uh, in the, uh, is there any, is there any love featuring Wale? Yeah, that's the advanced. That's the deluxe. Normal version ends it up, up and away, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause then it's <laughs> TGIF man on the moon, the anthem. Um, uh, what were you saying? <laughs> um, hold on one second. All right, well, hey, I can fucking go off on it. So, I listened to this album for the first time, like driving to work in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah. That seems like not the setting. Well, I listened to it. Wait, no, it's on here, right? No. Oh no, this is the deluxe. Did you not listen to the deluxe edition? On no. Spotify? You can tell me so. That's fair. That's fair. So you're right. Up and away. Up, up and away is the last. Listen to it for the first time. Driving to work. 
in the morning. I think I got through to like my world. Didn't okay. quite get through the album. Listen to it, you know, driving to work in the morning. I was very much like tuned into the production, all the work that kind of went into that, very mm. musically, just kind of listened to it for what it was. Um, listened to it the rest of the way through at work one time. Thought it was fine. I liked it, you know. Thought it, mm. thought it was going to be another one that I thought just kind of blended together and, you know, it was going to be very uh, similar to how I felt about Travis Scott. Then I listened to it again that same day for the second time, much later at night. And uh, if my work is listening, in much the same state that I was in in the morning, and if anyone else is listening, I was not. So I listened to it again the second time at, you know, in the evening. Yeah. I would say in the, the mind state you should be in for Kid Cudi, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. I got, like, the day and night aspect. thought that was kind of mm-hmm. cute. And Jesus fucking Christ, this album emotionally destroyed me the second time. I was like beside myself right. i had to pull up the notes app write some shit down had some weird semi breakthroughs and i had all that like i i got through all that my weird emotional journey with this album and then simple as started playing which is the third song right like dude like there in is, my dreams and soundtrack to my life is on its own there is this like disgusting gut-wrenching very bizarre like bittersweet melancholic nostalgia that I feel when soundtrack to my life starts playing. And I didn't understand it. It just gave me that without even any of the words starting to play, like just the music initially creeps in. And I got that weird, like you're starting to well up feeling that you get. Mm. If you go outside during a party, when you're too drunk and you just stare off down the street I had, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, what I think what it was is I, I just think I was getting hit with like a nostalgia that I couldn't place. And that was mm-hmm. enough to like kind of upset mm-hmm. me for reasons I couldn't put my, my finger on because this song sounds so much like Ratatat mm-hmm. and just like the DNA of the song. And I used to listen to Ratatat a lot for like a couple months. And then for mm-hmm. some reason, I just never listened to him again. Right. So Ratatat is like unseparable from being like 13, 14 for me mm-hmm. that I was, I was put back in that headspace so completely and so quickly that like the entire album was then just like trauma bonded to me for the rest of the, the runtime. Right. It, so for a lot of people, this is like the album that reminds them of smoking weed in high school. And like, we'll bring like, bring even the most like seasoned stoners in their late twenties to their knees and just be like, I want to smoke out of a Coke can, you know, like it just something about, you know, um, Mr. Solo Dolo, like just, or I think it's called Solo Dolo. Yeah. yeah uh, wait, make sure I'm listening to the right song. Yeah. Solo Dolo um, is one of those, one of the songs for me that like <laughs> is like smoking alone and you're like, why am I doing this? Now I'm just going to be thinking about myself. Oh God. You know, yeah. like, and it's just, okay. So because there's a lot of meat to this album in terms of like feeling and emotion, that's like kind of hard to put to words, especially yeah. for me. Um, let's go a little bit more objectively about it. What was your favorite song sounding? Either soundtrack to my life. Uh, soundtrack to my life, pursuit of happiness, alive, or intergalactic. Okay. Intergalactic fucks. Yeah, that song yeah. is awesome. That's like a deep cut. Like I, I feel like a lot of people would. It know sounds that. like Jamiroquai. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a funny dude. This is this is why I like doing this kind of stuff yeah. because like it you probably didn't re- know I knew who fucking Jamiroquai was. Yeah, and like <laughs> even even <laughs> Even old albums like this. This is an album that like I'm very familiar with. Yeah. Um, and and listen to uh, like six select songs off this album like a thousand times. Yeah. The deep cuts I'm not that familiar with, so I still learn things from it. Yeah. You know. So um, and it's also refreshing because a lot of times, like I said, I'll have you know six soundtracks in my life: Solo Dolo, Day and Night, uh, Cuddy Zone. Um, let's see what else. Uh, uh, Man on the Moon, which is in the deluxe version. Um, these are all songs that I'll like add to a playlist and listen to somewhat frequently. Yeah. But I never get like I, I haven't taken the opportunity to like go back and listen to the whole thing Dude. as a project. And so I, I enjoy doing this for that reason. So you said Intergalactic is. I had a note about Intergalactic yeah, that okay. I, thought, I thought you'd appreciate. Um, so he's got that fucking part in Intergalactic. It's like in the bridge where he has this huge crazy like poetic speech about inspiration he's talking about like if you can't do what you imagine then what is imagination to you you know mm-hmm. and he starts trying to lick my belly button like whoa fucking slow down right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it's such a quick change up pursuit of happiness that's the other one um i like pursuit of happiness to me gets thrown in the same category as day and night where it's like even i have heard that song too fucking much right featuring mgmt and ratatat yeah I didn't realize Rad's out was on Pursuit of Happiness. I think I might have... I think I've, I know for a fact I've heard it before, but mm. the remix was with Pocket 2, right? Yeah, it was the, like Project, the Project X yeah. version. Um, the so, original with Raditat still on it is so much far superior, it is absurd. Yeah. So, little just side history thing. The first I'd ever heard of Kid Cudi was right when this album came out. I was watching, like, Nick Teen or something. Yeah. And I remember during the maybe it was maybe it was MTV I can't remember but I remember they had these little <coughs> I was watching like MTV or Nick at Night or Nick something on TV and they had these little like music video clips and I remember it was uh, Day and Night and if you guys have ever seen the the music video for Day and Night it's like this like drawn it's like him walking on the street but it's also like him uh, illustrated thing and i remember just being like what is this like this is insane it sounded nuts like the the if you i yearn for the ability to listen to the beat of of day and night for the first time again because it's just like never heard anything like that especially because like me in my formative years listening to these type of stuff like i was listening to like old hip-hop because of my influences like my neighbors and like the people i like was around who introduced me to hip-hop so they like we were listening to like usher and like like 50 cent was like an era yeah and like in eminem and so like i'd never heard like a almost like psychedelic rap you know and i was like what is this Um, because it's not gangster to rap about being sad exactly yeah but it's kind of almost more gangster to rap about being sad only do be sad though yeah, it sounds fucking wild. So, but to bring it back to, to musically, mm-hmm. so yeah, Pursuit of Happiness, other than like the, the novelty of the new version and it, you know, being restored that it's featuring Ratatat, Ratatat fucking rules. Day and Night and Pursuit of Happiness kind of go in the category of like, I've heard it too much. I feel like I don't really want to, I feel like if I say I like those the most, it's like, mm-hmm. don't learn anything. So, Alive is fucking good as shit. My next Soundtrack question is going to and, be, what, is, what song technically impressed you the most? Technically, probably Alive or 
Um, alive or a pursuit of happiness or soundtrack, probably. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, on Spotify, Alive is listed as featuring Ratatat. You know if that's actually the case? Weird. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm. It, it makes me consider the fact that Ratatat probably just like worked on the project. On Spotify, it's listed as Kid Cudi and Ratatat, not featuring. Oh, because Alive is like very Ratatat. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like Alive a lot. I, you see, that's interesting. Uh, I come from a place of introducing this album to you, having you listened to it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't listen to a lot of Ratatat at all. Yeah. So it's it's Dude, Ratatat is like dynamic. Ratatat is like surgically fused to like 2012, 2013 for me. Oh really? Yeah. It is something something weird about it. Um, there's actually I had, okay. I had another really weird. Sorry, this note is bizarre. Where the fuck is it? Heart of a Lion. I swear to God, the drums in the back of that song are. Directly sampled from Gettysburg by Ratatat. Really? I swear to God. Hmm. If not, it's like the exact same beat, and Ratatat also produced it. Hmm. I'll have to play that afterwards because okay. that, like, I was losing it. Um, yeah. I and mean, then which song do you think is most fun? Most fun? Uh, Intergalactic or um, Pursuit of Happiness or maybe Make Her Say, just because it's hmm. just kind of like a departure. The beat's a little bit simpler. It's more of like a feels more improvised. Mm-hmm. Do you get what the the memes and Twitter Twitter memes are talking about in terms of the the cutty hums now? Yeah, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's funny because that's one of, one of the memes that is very kind of cringy sometimes, but is also true. Yeah, you know. So like, um, he just he Kid Cudi is on his own little path as a rapper, you know, because. Um, which something if we if we end up listening to the man on the moon three, which just came out, um, one thing that he talks about in that is that he wanted to do some rapping on that album to distinguish himself as a rapper. The, the interview I'm talking about is the Apple Music interview. Um, and he says that I wanted to come on this because I've been known for the hums. I've been known for the trippy music, bringing in characters like Kanye and Ratatat. Um and all, all of these these features that contribute um, and also making like party songs, but he hadn't really distinguished himself as a lyricist or like, you know, like kind of like, you know, making fire bars, you know, so to speak. God, I sounded really white saying that. Um, Steez. Steez, bro. Oh, my God. I was going to ask about that. What? I swear to God, he says Steez on this album and new, new. Yeah. Do you know to what to what extent is that just like? euphemisms and slang taking forever to reach mainstream culture. And to what extent is that like, those are words that originated in Cleveland and Kate Cuddy helped like spread that. I don't know the answer to that question. It wouldn't surprise me if it was both. Okay. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was one who was saying it a long time ago. Right. Or if it's just like, like no cap, how that took forever and now right. it's like inescapable. Right. I don't know. Hmm. I really don't know. Um, but yes, I mean, that's definitely, if if you're saying he said Steez on this album, which I I forget that he said Steez. I unless I fucking dreamt it. Well, he, no, that's okay. Uh, I'm just saying I'm, I would be very impressed because that's a very interesting observation. Um, because this came out in what 2009. Yeah, I mean he's way ahead of the curve. So you might you might be onto something with that theory. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I I, I think it's interesting to have. 
listen to this album as a you know a over 21 years old not high schooler not smoking weed in the parking lot you know type thing like um one thing for example up up and away will always remind me of being post stoned walking away from wherever you're at whether it be like walking home from your friend's house or like you know walking home from whatever going home after having been high that's what that's up up and away it always reminds me of that which hmm. speaking of which up up and away is like one of colin's favorite songs uh-huh. yeah so up up and away is really good too um i can't find this sneeze thing i fucking directed <laughs> You're dr- dreaming. Of this, this was. I wrote that note down when I was uh, on the second listen. So <laughs> okay. <sighs> You're on a quest to see if that was fabricated in your it, brain. Gary probably was. Um, <laughs> my world. I'm gonna call it my world real quick. This is hilarious in retrospect. Okay. Because that's what we're talking about. I was gonna blow up, and mm-hmm. everyone's you know gonna be all over me, even though they ignored him the first time, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to point out that like thematically, that's like almost beat for beat monument by a day to remember. They kind of called that they were going to be huge before they oh. were huge, and now they're huge, and it's really weird. Yeah, to like listen to them calling it. That's the song with that line, 20 bucks, as you'll remember me when you see me on your TV screens. Hmm. And that was like 2000. That was the album before Homesick. Yeah, it was like 2000, wow. 2007 or something. That's really weird. Yeah, and, that's now they're, that's and, strange. and now they're so big, I hate them. Yeah. Because uh, Brick Wall is garbage. Yeah. That's really interesting. I don't, huh. Okay. So let me ask you, what on this album stood out to you as like a deep cut where you were like, huh, why did I always skip over this one? Oh. And why was it Alive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> alive is a great one. Um, Mm. You kind of mentioned it with Intergalactic. Yeah, Intergalactic. No, Alive. You know what? Alive is is the one. So so radical. Because every because everybody everybody always listens to soundtrack to my life, solo dolo sometimes, uh, day and night obviously, um, pursuit of happiness. Yeah, and so those are always always the ones that people take away. I almost never listen to nowadays Alive, and I should. So yeah, to answer your question, alive definitely. Okay. I was, I was debating between that and up, up and away, but I think I just have a personal connection to up, up and away. So it doesn't really answer your question. What uh, what's like the weak song on the album? Because for me, none of it's bad. Hmm. Um, but Let's see if we have the same. Cuddy one. Zone and Heart of a Lion, I just think get repetitive. Hmm. I just think they both could be like 30, 45 seconds shorter. Yeah. But I don't um, think they're bad. I thought I, higher. Yeah, higher for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's higher. I forgot about higher. Yeah. So. Ugh. Because it's, it's just trying with albums. I have, I have a note for hire. Guess what my note says for for hire? What? It just says high all the time by Fifty Cent. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, imagine like, imagine forcing, like at gunpoint. Well, I feel like Fifty wouldn't be afraid of guns. At like, at fork point, uh, forcing Cuddy and Fifty Cent to like make an album together. Yikes! You know? Actually, probably wouldn't be too bad. Because I feel like I feel like Fifty Cent's at the point where he's like, I've made the music I want to make. I'll make whatever the fuck makes money. It probably wouldn't be too bad. It probably would just. I feel I have a feeling that if you were pay, if you were paying them to do it, that Fifty Cent would just let Kid Cudi steer. Yeah. Okay. Make it more interesting. You Kid, put, dude. 
Kid Cudi, no, 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 2008. No, no. They, had with, to, they have to make an album. It's Kid Cudi and 50 Cent, yeah. Modern Day. But Kid Cudi is not allowed to produce anything, and 50 Cent's not allowed to rap. Holy shit. <laughs> My mind is like doing gymnastics. Of like, <laughs> How that could possibly ever turn out all right? Right. Like if 50 isn't allowed to rap, he can only do like the beats. And produce it. They're gonna like rap over like the beat that comes with the DAW as like a <laughs> trial. <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay. Um I don't know. I mean, you know, just for the sake of this hypothetical, uh Kid Cudi, you know, he's he's tried to break into actually rapping and making, you know, uh bars and verses that are recognized as being you know hard so yeah. i don't know it might turn out well now but i'm yeah. I, my hypothetical was going to be 50 cent in 2002 with cuddy from 2008 yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like at that point cuddy would let 50 steer yeah um, oh yeah so this is how it made me feel things yeah yeah so. I'm, I'm really glad because that's what i kind of wanted i didn't know if you were gonna be like yeah i didn't really get it i i it was weird because you're lucky it had Ratatat on it because that gave it a nostalgia element. Mm. If not, it would have just been like melancholy and, and mm. it probably would have been similar to like how you feel about counterparts. It's like it just I can acknowledge that it's just like melancholy, sad music. Mm. But with Ratatat on there, it gave me that like fucking when the critic eats the food and Ratatouille moment of <laughs> 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 just like me being two, be, 2013, me watching videos of Counter-Strike Source on my parents like old desktop because I couldn't yeah. afford a gaming PC yet. And there was this one video I'd watch all the time that had Lex by get uh, by Ratatat in the background. Oh my god! Fucking rewatch the video all the time. That's awesome. And Lex is even a fucking Ratatat deep cut, technically. Really? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Well, what do you know? Yeah. Fucking. What are the odds? Yeah. All right. Let's figure out what we're doing next. Do you have any like straight up like recommendations or like ones that you want? So I was gonna to actually. I was gonna ask. I think we're at the point where we have a little bit of a foundation. Yeah. Here, I'm curious to get your answer. I might even veto if you're like not ready for it. But is there an album in the heavy sphere that you've always wanted to listen to and haven't? Or maybe a band you hear about all the time. Yeah. You're like, what what that band's like? Or I always say this band associated with stuff that I think is cool and I haven't. I think it's kind of like the, the white whale for you. Hmm. Let me think about it. Yeah. I'm gonna think about it. We can we can cut out this dead air for a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> See what I'm trying to think, like. No, but see, the problem is I know that I'll remember one. Yeah. Like as soon as I'm like not pressed to think about it, I'll I'll think okay, about it. Roll through your Spotify real quick. See if there's anything. Yeah. I'll just remember it there. Let's see. Yeah, I'll just get through here. Um. <laughs> dude, I just typed in Spotify in Spotify. That's so sick, dude. God. <clears throat> I assure you, 
I, that oh. hell Sorry, what is not a myth. Yeah, we both vacationed there. Yeah. yeah. Um, varials. All right, you want to do varials. Yeah. Why do you want to do varials? Because I remember there's like one song. Oh, you're wearing the shirt. I'm wearing the, I'm wearing the fucking In Darkness pre-order. <laughs> um, there's one song that I've listened to like once. Yeah. That I texted you. I was like, hey, have you heard of this band? I was like, hey, I found this band. I really like it. What do you know about it? And you're like. I got my nose broken at a varial show. Yeah, and you're like, uh-uh. I've told you about this. And I was like, Peasant. what? Yeah. Um, yeah, but my, it was. My neck beard grew an inch. It was off of that beard. album that has like the, the white highlighter. Pain again? Sure. Oh, yeah. Pain again. Do you know what song it was? No. Uh, probably Empire of Dirt with Brian Garris. Probably. Who's yeah. Brian Garris? Knock Loose. Is that the singer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got to either be that or anything to numb. Probably. Mickey Mouse. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can do that one. It's just an album of ass beaters. Okay. So if you're not looking for gym fuel, we might have either to... that or Gideon. Gideon is also an album of ass beaters, um, but unless we do the new Gideon, but I'm I'm not going to be very enthused to talk about new Gideon. <laughs> So let's yeah fuck it let's do let's Varials. do pain again by Varials. This is gonna be the yeah. absolute heaviest we've done on the show for you so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you need gym fuel, it's good. But I mean, I'd, I'd also challenge you to try to listen to it at least once through, not in the gym, because that is very much like a thing with heavy music. There's a lot of dudes I'll meet that just listen to it in the gym, mm. and they just like don't really fuck with the music outside of that. Um, yeah, the album's crazy. Uh, I'm going to write down one phrase for you, and I want okay. you to try to keep it in mind throughout the album and see if it makes you chuckle. Okay. That phrase is hi-hat breakdown. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. A lot of the breakdowns of that album are on the hi-hat, not the ride or the crash for China. I don't fucking know symbols. All I know is the hi-hat's the other one. So okay. hi-hat's, is hi-hat the one that's like the double? The hi-hat's the stacked one that they always play yeah. like with the snare. Is it the one that has the pedal on yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of hi hat on that album. Okay. Good hi hat on that album. Good hi hat. Okay. Um, what is that? What is that song like about? Empire of Dirt. Yeah, is it? No, I got a hit to it. You just kill each other. It's yeah. So, so is there any like theme to it? No, there's a lot to dig into that album. I just haven't. Oh, okay, okay. There's a whole. Com- there's a whole of- fucking album of commentary tracks for that album. Mm. Oh, on Spotify. Really? Yeah, there's a commentary album. Um, I might listen to that. Yeah, I, um, I've done it once. I have to get through it again. Um, I was trying to think of something that could match that energy. Well, the reason I brought it up is because there's an album that I've always seen oh. with hip hop. Okay. And an artist that I've always thought I would like, maybe even before I liked any real hip hop at all. Tell me the artist. Vince Staples. Okay. I, I, I've heard snippets off of Summertime '06, and I always thought that I would like that album if I listened to it. Because, you know, there's like that, that viral video of the the mom. Which reading, album did you say? Summertime 06. Hmm. There's that viral video of the mom reading North North lyrics and like crying. Yeah. And then like, I think I might have heard Summertime at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, my favorite uh, Vince Staples album is yep. Big Fish Theory. Okay. Um, I haven't listened to Summertime 06 in its entirety. That I have a, not heard Pain Again in its entirety. Really? Well, there we go. All right. Then we'll do that. Summer, yeah. Summertime 06. Summertime 06 and Pain Again. We'll fucking meet in the middle. Yeah. Or we could do uh, that, the, like Chainsmokers, if you wanted to listen to that. 
Yeah, is it, isn't I that just, who? Wait, who's is that? The why don't you just meet me in the middle? Yeah, uh, I don't know who actually did the middle, but yeah. they did the. Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. See ya. <laughs>